Good morning, Beecher Island Church. Good to see you this morning. It is good, and hasn't God given us an awesome day? Our God is good. So much rain, it is good. Uh, Yeah, yeah, it's a praise. It is a praise for sure. God is awesome. Well, just in case you don't know, I see lots of new faces this morning. It is good. Beecher Island, let me just explain a little bit about us. Uh, We are an independent, non-denominational, Jesus-loving, Bible-preaching church. And in that, we, we strive to be about God's Word and His Word only. Nobody, There's no hierarchy besides God who leads us in our teaching, who leads us in who we are and what we do. It is God and God alone. And I, and I, uh, I love Beecher Island because the first time we came here, the love poured out and it's never stopped. And I pray that that's what you see when you come here too, is the love of Jesus being poured out on you through the people that are right here. No matter who the person is, what they look like, smell like, whatever, it doesn't matter. We just, we hopefully love on people no matter what, and I know that we do, and so keep it up, Beecher Island, it is good, it is good. Uh, I gotta tell you, today, um, I don't know if I should be concerned or excited about preaching Ephesians chapter 1, verses 4 and following. I in my life have struggled a little bit with these verses. Um, And the reason is, is because there's quite a controversy on these Scriptures. There's quite a controversy and it depends on a theology or what theology. There's two that kind of contradict themselves in these verses. Calvinism and Armenian. And I'm not going to stand up here and tell you what each one of them are. I'm not going to go into the depths of them. If you want to look them up, absolutely go look them up. But that's not what I'm here today to do. I'm here today to preach God's Word. I'm here today to get into His truth. And as I tell people often that why do we have to get so much about a theology? Because you can see, I, I, I might be able to say that I am one of five part Calvinist. And I'm maybe 35% Armenian. But I'm 100% a follower of Jesus Christ. You see, I don't know why we have to fit ourselves into a theology, but it seems like in the Christian world today, we want to claim theologies, and then we have to fit ourselves into that theology And realistically, the theology is a man-made interpretation. And I can promise you that every theology out there has some false teaching in it. So let's be about Christ. Let's be about Him and Him alone and His truth. And so, uh, you know, that's what I've always tried to seek while I've been here. While I've preached God's Word to you is, is just, I pray that I've sought His truth and never followed any theology in that. But let me just tell you that today, if I offend you, please seek God's Word. And please come and talk with me afterwards. Please come and ask questions. Please come and, and have a conversation with me. 
because it's about seeking His truth and not ours and not some man's, but about His truth. And so, I will have a conversation with you always. But as I always say, three verses, if you're going to pluck one verse, you better have three more behind it to back it up. But in that, we're going to have 20 verses before and 20 verses after that we're going to read on each one of those verses to make sure that that verse is in context of what it's supposed to be and not just plucked out and used the way that we want to use it. So I'll get off my soapbox now and we'll get into God's Word. Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1, if you'll turn there with me. Ephesians chapter 1. And I'll tell you what, I love this epistle. I love the depths that Paul gives us in this epistle, but we have to understand what Paul is laying out here. So we're going to read Ephesians chapter 1, 1 through 14. It says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of His glory, of His grace, by which He made us accepted in the Beloved. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace, which He made to abound towards us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us Casey, Casey's on the, she's hiding now, I don't know where she's hiding, yeah, sorry Casey, all right, we'll keep rolling, verse uh, 7, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace, which He made to abound towards us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mysteries of His will according to His good pleasure, which He purposed in Himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times He might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in Him. In Him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of His will, that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of His glory. In Him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed 
with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of His glory. Amen, amen. There's a lot of good stuff in that, I'm telling you. Before we get rolling, though, let's go to Him in prayer. Father God, I thank You. I thank You for Your Word. I thank You that we can uh, just turn to it and, and see how awesome You are. And God, when there's discrepancies in man's interpretation of Your Word, I, I pray that we seek You and You alone. And God, I pray this morning that that is what we do, that we seek Your Word and that we, that we don't be offended by Your Word, but we become alive because of it. God, I thank You that You have done what You have done. I thank You, God, that You have sent Your Son to die for us. I thank You that, that Jesus, You came here and You walked this earth and You were perfect. And You went to the cross for us. You, you then sent the Holy Spirit to seal us, to give us the guarantee of everlasting life. Thank You, thank You for that. And I just pray this morning that our hearts are open to Your Word and that we seek it and seek the truth of it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Alright, before we dig in, I want to point out a couple things. We know that in Ephesus there were both Jews and Gentiles. We know that they were both in the church and we know that Paul was a Jew and he tells us that he was he was a good Jew. He, he was the best of the best of Jews. He, he knew it all. He studied. He was further along than most. He, he had all the credentials of a great Jew. But God gave him the mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to all the Gentiles. So when we're reading this, we have to make sure we understand who wrote it, who he wrote it to, and how it applies to us. And when I was reading this a couple weeks ago, it hit me a little different than it's ever hit me before. I was reading it and reading it and reading it, and, and, and then it just, just came over me a different way to read it. And I want to share that with you this morning. And if you, you say, no way, that's fine. Throw it all out. It's okay. But I want to walk through it with you. You see, when we really start looking at who he's addressing, we have to start breaking this chapter down. You see, he, he uses some specific words. He, he says, he chose us. He predestined us. Who is us? Who is us? And before you come to your answer, let's look at, uh, specifically at verses 11 through 14. If you have your Bibles, open them up. And if you have a highlighter, I, I maybe want you to highlight some stuff in your Bible. Verses 11 through 14. It says this, In Him also we have obtained an inheritance. Who is we? Who's He talking about we? And then we go on, Being predestined according to the purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of His will that we 
He uses that word again. We, who first trusted in Christ, who first trusted in Christ, should be to the praise of His glory. Verse 13, in Him you. Wait a minute, he changed something here. He said, in Him you also trusted. Who is you? After you, he used it again, heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Verse 14, who is the guarantee of our inheritance. He changes it one more time. Who is our until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of His glory. He's speaking to a few different people in this, isn't he? You see, I think that Paul is laying out in the big picture view, the mystery to the believing Jew and to the believing Gentile in their share in, their share in this grand program of God. Can he be laying it both out? So you see, I believe that Paul speaks of the mystery. Of the mystery in relationship to the believer, the believing Jews in verses 11 and 12, saying us, because what was he? He was a Jew. He can say us. So he's speaking to the, to the Jews in verses 11 and 12. And then when you get to verse 13, he's speaking to the believing Gentile. The Gentiles, it's, another per, it's a whole different group. But what about the hour? He's bringing them together at the end and saying, this is a shared deal. We're all together. But he's speaking specifically to each one as he works his way through this. And so as we, we look at that, is he doing the same thing in verses 4 through 10? I'm not going to give you the answer to that. That's for you to seek. That's for you to read His Word. That's for you to get an answer to what God is saying in His Word. I want you to come to your own understanding of what God's truth is. Because I'll tell you that there is a lot of teaching going on about these theologies and the way that you're supposed to interpret that. And I was not going to speak about my take on a particular theology, but I feel like I need to just a little bit. Some of you already know, but um, I was presented with the theology of Calvinism several years back, and I didn't know anything about it. And so I went to studying it hard, I mean intensely for six weeks. And the more I studied it, the more my heart hardened towards it. And anybody that believed it. But since that time, I've had to deal with, with what God means in divine election. Because it's absolutely in His Word. It's absolutely in His Word, and we have to talk through it. We have to understand what He's saying. 
So if Paul is really talking to all believers in divine election, how do we look at that? But you see, my struggle is, is that the doctrine of election raises some serious questions in my mind. Some serious questions in my mind. And so we have to really dig into God's Word to find the truth of what He is saying and what He does not say. You see, I think that may be the struggle here is that some theology say, well, because God didn't say it, this is the way it is. Even though I struggle with it, you have to see that the Bible teaches that God does choose men to salvation. As it says in 2 Thessalonians 2.13, it says this, But we ought always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters loved by the Lord, because God chose you as firstfruits to be saved through the sanctification work of the Spirit and through belief in the truth. The Bible addresses believers as those who are elect according to their foreknowledge of God in 1 Peter 1.12 or 1.2. It teaches that people can know whether they are elect by their response to the gospel. It says those who hear and believe it are elect, as it says in 1 Thessalonians 1, 4 through 7. But you see, my heart hardens to some of this because of the five-point Calvinist and their, their stand. They say that some are chosen and some are not. But that's God's doing, not man's. So it's just the way it is. But listen, church. The Bible never teaches that God chooses men to be lost. The God, the God never does that. His Word never says that. The fact that He chooses some to be saved does not imply that He arbitrarily condemns all the rest. It doesn't say that. He never condemns men who deserve to be saved because there are none. <laughs> there are no men that deserve to be saved. But He does save some who ought to be condemned. Look at Paul, for example. One bad man that God chose to do amazing things in his kingdom. And it's really, you know, you can't deny that. But church, listen. When Paul describes the elect, he, he, he speaks of them as a vessel of mercy. A vessel of mercy which he had prepared beforehand for glory as it says in Romans 9.22. God prepares vessels of mercy to glory, but He does not prepare men for destruction. I want you to hear that today. I want you to know that. That God does not prepare men for destruction. They do this all on their own. By their unbelief in Jesus Christ. God does not choose that for them. God makes a bona fide offer of salvation. A bona fide offer of salvation to all people everywhere, to all people everywhere who will confess Jesus, who will believe in Him, as it tells us in John 3.16, in John 3.36, in John 5.24, in Romans 10.9, in Romans 10.13. And we can keep going. 
It says, if you believe, you will have life. Anyone can be saved by repenting of their sins and believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. So listen, if a person is lost, it's because of their own choosing. Period. It's not because that was their destination because God chose that. No, it's because of their own choosing to be lost. But God does not desire that. God does not desire that at all. God loves His creation. He loves it so much that He sent His one and only Son to die for His creation. He he loves you and He desires a relationship with whosoever, with whosoever will believe in Him. So you see, my heart struggles. My heart struggles because even if I don't want it to, even if I don't want to recognize it, the fact is that the same Bible teaches election and it teaches free choice. Free choice of salvation to anybody that will receive it. Both doctrines are found in God's truth. And in fact, they're found in one verse. One verse, John 6, 37, has both of them in it. John 6, 37 says this, And that the Father gives me, all that the Father gives me, will come to me. And the one who comes to me, I will by no means cast out. You see, the first half of the verse speaks of God's sovereign choice. And the last half speaks of His mercy to all mankind. And I'll tell you, this is very difficult for me and for my mind to wrap around. The question then presents itself though. How how can God choose some and yet offer salvation so freely to all mankind? Church, I don't have an answer. I don't know. It's a mystery, but the mystery is on our side, not on God's. He knows. He knows. But you see, the Bible teaches both. And it's taken me a long time to come to that. The Bible does teach both, but it's not found in the middle of the two of them. Listen to me. It's not found in the middle of the two of them. It's found in the extremes of both. But please, please do not let anyone ever tell you or tell anyone that you are not chosen. That you are not made in the image of God and have the opportunity to choose and believe in Jesus Christ. Don't let anybody ever tell you that you're made for destruction. I've heard it too many times in the last several years. And it's not true. And it rips my heart apart every time I hear somebody say that God made somebody for hell. 
Because it's not in God's Word anywhere. Anywhere. And I will absolutely sit down with you if you think you can find it. You were made by God in His image. And it is beautiful. And you are loved. You are loved more than you can even imagine. You are loved so much that He went to a cross for you. He went, loves you so much that He laid in a grave for you. He loves you so much that God raised, r- rose Him from the grave for you. And then He went to prepare a place for you. But He allows you to choose. He allows you to make that decision because He doesn't want you in heaven if you hate Him. He wants you there because you love Him. And He's given you the opportunity to come to Him. And so for those who are lost, those who don't choose Him, there is a destination. But it's not because of His choosing. It's because of yours. You see, He loves you more than you can even imagine. And listen, why we're at it, it's not about a prayer. It's not about you just saying a prayer and then you're saved and going about life and it's all good and, and you just live your life. No, it's about believing in Him and about giving your life to Him. About denying your flesh and picking up your cross and following Him daily is what it says. Daily. And I'll tell you that, that <laughs> it's a daily hourly, minute thing. I mess it up often, but I don't like that I do. And my heart desires Christ, but when we make those choices to do the wrong thing, that's not saying that you're turning your back on Christ or He's turning your back, His back on you. It's a decision that you've made and then Jesus says, hey, turn back to me, it's okay. Turn back to me and we'll keep on journeying. Turn back to me and I... And you have forgiveness. It's already done. It's happened already. But it's about making a choice. And my guess is, is most everybody in here has already confessed Jesus Christ as Lord and believes in Him, but if there is one If there is one in here today, I'm going to preach it. But today's the day to make the choice to believe in Him. Today is the day to know that He loves you more than you can even imagine. Today is the day to know that that He died for you. I'm going to invite the praise team to come on up. And, And I want to read a few verses. And, I, and I'm going to challenge you this week, every one of you, to read John 3.16 every day, multiple times a day, but I want you to change one word. Not in your Bible, just in your mind, okay? Don't, don't change it. <laughs> but one word. It says, John 3.16, For God so loved the world. I want you to take out world and I want you to put your name. For 
For God so loved Jeff that he sent his only son. For God so loved Josh. For God so loved me, Corey. I want you to read this this week every day and put your name in that. For God so loved you that He gave His one and only begotten Son. That whosoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. I want you to put your name in there. Your name. John 3.36 He who believes in the Son has everlasting life. And he who does not believe the Son shall not see life. But the wrath of God abides on him. It's your choice. It's your choice. But he loves you so much that he sent his one and only Son. John 5.24 it says, Most assuredly I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. I want you to know that when you choose Him, He seals you with the Holy Spirit, and you have everlasting life with Him. The promise of heaven. How awesome is our God? He is amazing. I want you to stand in that. I want you to know that. And I don't want you to ever let anybody tell you because you made some bad choices that you must be destined for hell. Because you're not. That's what Jesus did when He went to the cross. He gave you the pathway to heaven. And it is good. So today, if you do not believe in Jesus, today is the day to make that confession. Today is the day to put your heart where it needs to be with Him and trust that He has given you everlasting life. You see, it's not a prayer. It's a choice. It's a choice to choose Him and believe on Him. And today, if you're doing that, I would love to talk with you. I would love to, to go over what we've talked about. I'd love to pray with you. But make the choice today. And don't let anybody ever tell you anything different than that Jesus loves you and he's given you an opportunity to choose him and have life forever with him. Let's go to him in prayer. Father God, I thank you so much. I thank you for the word that you've given us. I thank you, Lord, that that you do choose some. And I thank you that you've given free salvation to anybody who chooses you. God, I thank you for taking the hardening of my heart out so that I could read your word and see your truth. And Lord, I pray that if there's anybody else that's struggling with, with your truth, that, that they just soften their heart, that you do that for them, that you soften the heart just as you did mine, and, and, and that they can see that you are an awesome God. And that they can see that, Jesus, you are good, and that you... You were the perfect sacrifice dying, dying for each one of us. Lord, I pray that 
this body of believers, if everybody here and everybody that's listening online will truly read John 3.16 and they will put their name in there and make it personal that you love each one of us so much that you sent your one and only son so that we can have a life. And I thank you, I thank you, I thank you for that. And I praise you right now. And as we stand and sing, Father, I pray that our hearts rejoice and sing to you. And Father, I pray that if there's anybody here that needs prayer, that they'll just come and seek that prayer. Lord, whatever it be, we thank you for your love. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.